Hello and welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast. This is something brand new we're doing in the life of church and whether you are watching on your own, whether you're streaming as part of your campus or as part of a team, we're just so glad that you could join us today. We hope that this podcast inspires you and equips you and empowers you for the calling that God has placed upon your life. The purpose of us gathering for these leadership podcasts is to help us be intentional with how we develop leaders within the life of Influence Church across all locations, across all ministries, across all departments. We're glad that you could join us as a leader, whether you're a connect leader, youth leader, worship leader, whether you're part of our kids department, whatever it is that you have offered to serve and bring your skills into the life of church, we are here to help you develop your skills and develop the calling that God has placed upon you. Let me start by saying a massive thank you. Thank you not only for watching today, but thank you for being willing to grow as a leader. The mark of a good leader is a willingness to always develop and always grow. So thank you for watching and being willing, but also thank you for the part that you play within our church. We are so thankful for the family that we have within Influence Church of people who are willing to go on a journey together in seeing God's kingdom advance. So thank you for the ways that you serve and for your willingness to develop as a leader. A Bible verse that many of you are familiar with is Isaiah 54 verse 2. It means so much to me and Gail personally and has been so key for us in advancing the kingdom of God through the local church. It says this in verse 2 of Isaiah 54. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. You know, we believe that God, God has called us to enlarge as a church to not settle, but to stretch out, to not hold back, but to advance in all he has called us to as a church. And what this principle teaches us in scripture, that if anything is going to enlarge, if enlarging is going to be possible, and if enlarging is going to be sustainable, that there must also be strengthened. It says enlarge your tent, but strengthen your stakes. Any enlarging is not possible to be sustainable without first strengthening. And so as leaders, we're called to do both of those things. We're called to serve, but also be strengthened. That we, so, as, so that we can continue to be consistent, we can be steadfast, we can be faithful as leaders within the house of God. In my own personal devotions recently, I've been reading a lot from the book of Two Kings. And uh, if you know anything about the book of Two Kings, we read a lot about the different rulers of Israel and Judah at the time. Some leaders who are following the purposes of God, some who were against the purposes of God. As you see right the way through the book of One Kings and Two Kings. At the start of Two Kings, we're also reading some great insights into the ministry of the prophet Elisha. Elisha, who was taken on the mantle from Elijah before him, he'd been uh, re requested a double portion of the anointing that Elijah had. And we see the great ministry of the prophet Elijah in the early parts of two kings. And as I've been reading these passages recently, particularly in the first 10 verses, as I've been studying the word of God in my, in my own devotions, God has been speaking to me over and over again about preparing. And we see that many times in the passages here. There are many occurrences where either practically or prophetically, God is asking people to prepare for what he is about to do. 
Many of you will be familiar with the, the great stories, uh, the great passages in 2 Kings chapter 4. We read about the widow's oil, uh, where as long as she brings the pots, the oil keeps flowing, that she had to prepare for the provision that God was going to bring. In the same chapter, we move on. We read about the Shunammite woman, the woman who prepared a room practically for Elisha, that she built a space. She prepared a room for Elisha, but in doing so, it made room for God to bring a miracle into her life. 2 Kings 7, we read about the king's officer who couldn't get it into his head. He couldn't conceive of how God was going to do something. He couldn't conceive of God's provision. And so the passage teaches us that because he wasn't prepared to believe, he actually missed out on the miracle that was happening in that passage. But I want us to focus our time this morning on a passage that has been so much uh, to myself and Gail in this season. I want to bring some principles out of it that I think can help us as leaders. It's 2 Kings chapter Three. We're actually just going to look at two verses, but let me set the context for you, give you a bit of the backstory. In 2 Kings 3, we read about three kings who have united together for the purposes of God. Three kings and the armies that went with them, the armies of their nations, had united together to go against the nation of Moab. Moab were against the purposes of God. They were an enemy of the things of God. And so three kings united against the nation of Moab. This was a, a strategic advancement for the kingdom of God in Israel at this time. They were taking ground. They were moving forward, advancing God's kingdom against one of its strategic enemies. But along the way for them to go into battle against Moab, these three nations full of armies had come into a problem that seven days into their journey, they'd completely ran out of water. And so now what was going to be a strategic advancement now looked like that three armies worth of soldiers could die in the desert because there was no water for them or for any of their animals. And so these three kings go to the man of God. They go to Elisha and they say, God, would you give us, would you speak to us God's word? What does God say about this current difficulty that we're facing? Because we thought we were going to do something good for God, but now we're facing an obstacle along the way. And it's in Elijah's response that I want us to, to uh, ground ourselves today in this passage. It's 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. And this is what the word of God says. This is what the Lord says, make this land full of ditches, for this is what the Lord says, you will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water, and you, your cattle, and your other animals will drink. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. He will also deliver Moab into your hands. I love this passage of scripture. Not only does God say here, not only does he promise through the prophet Elijah that God is going to provide for their immediate need, which is water, but he also promises that he's going to provide for their bigger need, which is victory over the nation of Moab. And so when Elisha speaks, when he comes before these rulers and he brings the word of God to them, he says the key to their victory is found in their preparation. And this has been the word that has been resonating in my heart of what God has been speaking to me personally. And I think for us as leaders is a key principle for us to understand today. The key for their victory was found in their preparation. You see it there in verse 16. He said, this is what the Lord says. Make this land full of ditches for you will see neither wind nor rain. Yet this valley will be filled with water. The revelation that God has, I've studied this passage is that the key was that in their preparing for outpouring. 
preparing for the outpouring that God was going to bring, that God was about to do something miraculous, that God was about to pour out his provision for the nations, that God was about to meet their needs in miraculous and multiple ways. And so I want us to understand the key here. And then in a moment, we're going to unlock some of the principles for us as leaders within the local church. The key is that God is able to provide, but he asks us to prepare. That God is more than able to provide in multiple and miraculous ways. God is able to provide, but he asks us to play our part. He asks us to prepare. See, the passage goes on to to reveal to us that God is faithful to the word that he spoke here through Elijah. That God was faithful in the miracle provision of water for the armies and for all of their livestock, but also in the miraculous victory over their enemy, over the nation of Moab. And so I want to look at this passage here and learn not just this key about preparation, but what are some of the principles that we can put into our lives as leaders in this season? What does it mean for us as leaders within the local church? How do we be leaders who are preparing for outpouring? What can we do now as leaders uh, to be the leaders that God is looking for? What can we do in our lives to make sure that we're ready to receive all that God wants to do? And so I want us to look at three lessons, three principles from from the ministry of Elijah, even just found here in this passage. First principle is this, number one, change the atmosphere. Leaders change the atmosphere. We're actually going to reverse uh, one verse, the verse before we read here, verse 15. So that what happens in the scene is that the kings have come to Elisha. They've presented their problems. They've said, hey, Elisha, we thought we were united in advancing God's purposes, but now we've ran out of water. Is God for us or, or, or against us? And they come and they bring all of their issues to Elisha. And in verse 15, here's what it says. This is what, This was Elisha's response. He says, now bring me a harpist seemed a strange response to them presenting all of their requests. Now bring me a harpist. Then it goes on to say, while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha and he began to speak. I love what happens here in this passage that everybody else was focused on the issues. Everybody else was focused on their limitations, their opposition, the things that were against them. All of them were focused on what was going wrong in this situation. But rather than be affected by the environment and the atmosphere that was, had been, been created by the kings, the first thing that Elisha decided to do was change the atmosphere, that he brought the presence of God right into the midst of their problems. He said, hey, I need to do something that changes the atmosphere. Would you bring me a harpist? Because I want to seek God. I want to set the atmosphere. I want to set the environment so I can seek God and get God's word into this situation. You know, all of us would recognize that we can often be affected by the environments around us. That all of us, whether it's the environments in our home, whether it's the work environment, whether it's the friendship groups and circles that we're part of, whether it's even the physical, the, the room that we're in, we're so often affected by our environments. Uh, and maybe you've, you've seen that in your own life, that maybe you've been surrounded by people in a certain setting and you found yourself surrounded by some of the wrong environments, the wrong atmospheres. Maybe you've been surrounded by negativity or gossip or, or bitterness and it, and it started to have an effect on you. Sometimes it's not even something as obvious as that. Sometimes it might just be that we're mixing with people who seem to be lacking in faith. There's no faith being brought into their way of thinking or their way of speaking. And so 
so easily the atmospheres around us can start to seep into the way that we see and the way that we think. But Elisha did something to bring change in that moment. I want us to learn this lesson today as leaders, that leaders don't absorb the atmosphere. Leaders change the atmosphere. Leaders are people who are able to come in and speak with faith. That leaders bring change. They, they change the narrative. Leaders bring the presence of God even into the most broken and difficult situations. You might have heard this, this lesson before, but I want us to learn it from a leadership perspective that leaders are not thermometers. Leaders are thermostats. You know a thermometer, you can walk into a room and it tells you a reading. It gives you an accurate reading of what the temperature is. Can't do anything about it. It just tells you this is the temperature. But a thermostat in the room, when you turn the thermostat, that has the power to bring change in that atmosphere. A thermostat can tell you what the temperature is, but it also has the ability to bring about a change. And as leaders, we need to be not spiritual thermometers, but spiritual thermostats, the one who are able to come in and make a change, say, okay, you might be dwelling on this issue, you might be focused on this problem in your life, but we're going to bring the presence of God. We're going to change the atmosphere because God is about to move. And so the first thing we can do to be leaders who are preparing for outpouring is we can change the atmosphere. Second thing is make room. Leaders make room for God to move. Look what it said in verse 16. It says, make this land full of ditches. Make this land full of ditches. Make room for the thing that you are lacking. You're longing for water. God's about to bring it, but would you do something now to make room for what God is about to outpour? Now notice here in the scripture that we don't read any more about how they went about facilitating this. It doesn't tell us then the the 10-step plan that each of these kings put into place to, to make sure they had prepared for the outpouring that God was about to bring. It just says, make this land full of ditches. doesn't tell them how many, how big, how small they could be. And so we don't have any more insight into the practical nature that they used here to make room. But I, I would like to imagine that as the soldiers went back, as the kings went back to their soldiers and said, okay, we need to, we need to fill this land with ditches. I reckon that each soldier took responsibility for their own ditch. It wasn't just like, oh, well, I'll let Steve do his over there. And if he's got enough, I'll go and get it. It's like, no, if God's going to do something, I want to, I want to build a ditch. I want to dig a ditch and I want to make it as big as possible. I reckon they each took responsibility for the provision that they needed for themselves or for their family or for their cattle. They, they made room for what God was about to do. And you know, as leaders, we need to take personal responsibility for what it means to make room in our lives for what God is going to do. That we can't rely on somebody else. We can't rely on, on, on another team leader, on a campus pastor. We can't rely on a leadership podcast. Go, well, that's what I'll do. Each of us need to take personal responsibility. What does it mean to make room for more of what God wants to do in my life. Maybe for you, it's about carving out some time in, in your week, that, that you've been looking for time, but not finding time. You actually need to do something practical to carve out time in your day or in your week to spend more time with God. Maybe it's choosing to, to switch off Netflix and actually spend an hour reading, reading or studying or praying. Maybe it's about choosing that on your way to work, instead of having just put on the radio, you're going to choose to put on a podcast instead, something that's going to speak faith into you at the start of the day. Maybe for others of you, it, it, digging ditches 
um, is a better representation because maybe there's some stuff we need to remove from our lives. I love that idea that there was ditches that had the potential, but they had to remove something first so it could then be filled with the provision of God. Maybe you know, if you're honest with yourself, there are some things that need to be removed from your life so that you can make room for the new thing that God wants to do. Maybe it's some wrong relationships. Maybe it's some lifestyle choices. Maybe it's some bad habits that you've picked up both practically or or spiritually. Maybe there are some things that aren't leading you towards God, but could actually be distracting you from God's purposes. What is it for you that needs removing? What is it that that you need to dig out of your life so that we can make room for God? See, what, what happens when we make room is it creates capacity in our lives for the great outpouring that we're believing God wants to bring. So number one, change the atmosphere. Number two, make room. The third thing as we finish off this leadership podcast today that we can do to prepare for an outpouring of God is get a God vision. Get a God vision for your life. Get a God vision for your family. Get a God vision for the ministry role that God has placed you in. Don't just go through the motions, but get a vision for what is it that God wants to do. Let's look at verse 17. It says, this is what the Lord says. You will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water. Your cattle and your other animals will drink. This is easy. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. So it says you'll neither see wind nor rain. God promises that he's going to provide. God promises that they're going to have the substance that they need in water. God promises that he's going to provide, but not in a way that any of them expected. See, the expectation will be if you're going to dig ditches, well, then God's going to send a storm. Massive, thick clouds are going to come and they're going to pour out the rain and it's going to fill the ditches. That's how God's going to do the miracle. He says, actually, I'm going to provide for you, but not in the way that any of you expect. And you know, the reason that as leaders, we need to get a God vision is that we don't want to rely on doing things in our own perspective. We don't want to rely in doing things of, well, this is what I think, and this is how I think God is going to do it, and these are the plans that I'm going to make. If we only live based on our own perspective, we're going to be limited by our own vision. So often we're limited by vision. We can only see the obstacles. We can only see the problems. We can only see the people that we've got now on our team or our department. And how is God going to do something? And if this is all that I've got, if this is all the strength that I've got or the money that I've got or the time that I've got, how am I? We're limited by our own vision. We're limited by our own perspective. But when God speaks through Elisha in this moment to, to the rulers in that time, God says to them, and I'm paraphrasing here, he says, you won't see the provision in the way that you expect. I'm going to do something. But if you, if you can only see with your earthly perspective, you're going to miss out. But in the eyes of God, it says, this is easy. This is a, you're, you're saying this is a big issue, but to God, this is nothing. And I love that he says, I'll provide you the water and I'll also give you the victory. The far bigger thing that was to come, the battle that they were about to enter. God says, I am, it's easy for me to see because he sees with a godly perspective. And who knows that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. That God sees something different to the way that we see things. Jesus himself said it this way, Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 19. He said, with man... This is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You see, part of our preparation as as leaders is to get a vision of what we're believing God for. 
Get a vision. Don't just get through. Don't just fulfill the rota that you need for this week or, or for next week. Get a bigger vision of what is it that, God, you want to do through, through my life or through my ministry. Start to see with eyes of faith. Start to speak what you're being expectant for. Start declaring the victory that you're believing God is going to bring in your town, in your campus, in your ministry, in your family. Let's start to be people who see with eyes of faith, that we don't live by sight, but we live by faith. You see, if we lead from our own perspective, we will always be limited. So don't lead from your own perspective. Get a God vision of what he is able and he is planning to do in and through your ministry. What is it that God wants to do in your life? And what is it that God wants to do through your ministry? You know, preparation, like we've been talking about, Preparation can be both practical and spiritual. Maybe there's some practical elements that you can do to prepare. Things like time management. Things like uh, reprioritizing the order of some things in your life. Maybe for some of you, it's just getting out of bed earlier so that you can spend more time with God. Sometimes there are some practical things that we can do. Other times, it means us just getting down on our knees before God and saying, not my will be done, but yours. Help me to operate not in my strength, but in your strength. Sometimes it's just spiritually getting before God, laying ourselves out and say, God, I want a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit because I don't want to try and do this based on my own perspective, but I want to do it based on your power that is at work in me. Ephesians tells us that God's power at work in us means that he's able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. So preparation is sometimes practical and preparation is sometimes spiritual. But I believe that our preparation, our preparation is key to receiving God's outpouring. We get a sense spiritually that God is doing something in this time, in this season. So thankful for all we have seen God do already since reopening churches just a couple of months ago. We've seen salvations. We've seen the church growing. We've seen people stepping up in new and exciting ways. We are seeing God's kingdom advance in such exciting ways in this season. But as leaders, we always need to be preparing. We always need to be not sitting back, not holding back, but moving forward, expectant, preparing now, believing for the new thing that God wants to do. So wherever it is you are within the life of church, however you serve, whatever team, department, location you are part of, you have a part to play in making room in your life and in your ministry to be preparing for the great outpouring that we're believing God is going to bring. As we finish today, let me give you three questions. Some of you might discuss these with your team or with your campus pastors, but maybe some of you can just do even on your own. Three things to ponder to help us apply what the word of God has said to us as leaders today. First one is this, what area in your life or what area in your ministry is God leading you to be a thermostat and not a thermometer? Where has God given you the opportunity to be somebody who changes the atmosphere? Maybe you've already got that position. Maybe God's leading you to be more of a thermostat. So what area in your life is God leading you to be a thermostat? Question number two, how can you personally make room in your life for more of God? Maybe it's practical, maybe it's spiritual. How can you personally make room for more of God in your life? And question three today, in your ministry, through the roles that you serve in in the life of church, where do you need a greater God vision? Where have you maybe been trying to operate in your own strength or from your own perspective? Where in your ministry do you need a greater God vision?
Thanks so much for joining us today for the Influence Leadership Podcast. We hope it has been a blessing into your life and into your ministry. We've loved having you here. We'll be back again next month for another leadership podcast. So God bless you and we'll see you soon.